When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to Season 3, Episode 7 of The Psychologists Are In. I am Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Albertson. And today we are finally joined by the amazing Tim Meltrigger to talk derby with us. This is one of my favorite episodes, and Tim is definitely going to go down as an all-star guest. Enjoy, you guys. Hi, Maggie! Hi, Tim! Have I told you how great you look today? Um, you haven't, but thank you. I, I'm back with my big whited out uh, background because there was a, an alarm going off on the other side and I was too afraid you guys were going to hear it. So I apologize for how bright this is, but, but yet- I'm great and you look great. You look great, Tim. Also, can we just talk about how what twinsies we are? Uh, look what I'm wearing. Oh, uh, nice. I, yes. thought you almost, I thought that was a, tur- oh, that's the long sleeve sweatshirt. I just have the, I just have the t-shirt. Oh, it's very, very cute. The pineapple sternbush looks, looks good on you too. Yeah, we both we were both rocking this, the pineapple sternbush today, and we love it, Tim. No, you really look great, Tim. And I get to see you in person in a couple of days, and I can't wait, Timothy. This is for Timothy. What's the plan? How are you going to get to see each other in person? We haven't seen each other in a while, and um, we are having we're going to just get together and have a little time and celebrate both of our birthdays and have a mostly Tim's birthday. Maggie Lawson's birthday as well. No, it's mostly Tim's. And nah, yeah, we just haven't true. done it in a while. We've had all these COVID things, you know? Yeah. So yeah. whether having it or someone else having it or the fear of getting it for potential work or whatever. So it's just this darn COVID. Anyway. And the timing um, was finally right where we could get together. And Tim, so yeah, we haven't done the proper intro, but you all know who we're talking to now. Um, Tim Meltrigger, who... Uh, we're so excited to have who is uh, who has come equipped with his own fan questions, as Timothy said. This is a, a psych first, who's like dear old friends who sings on the th- on the theme song, um, is dear old friends with and plays on the theme song with uh, Steve. I mean, from the beginning. So so season two, you came on and stayed until I mean, you were all the way during season one. I was writing web content. I was writing the webisodes. Yes, I don't know if you guys remember, right. but that's that was me season one coming up, getting flown up to produce the web webisodes, which I had never right. actually ever done before. <laughs> you jumped right in. You. Because you and Steve share that same, like, joyous energy and love of the show. And, like, you just jumped right in. You fit right in and honestly wrote one of my my favorite episodes of Psych Ever. But also, um, I love this one because it's all about me. <laughs> but, I, I, I love I love this one too. I do. It's uh, uh, it, it's it's wonderful. And and like to write to write one for you, um, um, I don't know. This kind of early on, there hadn't been a lot of Juliet centric episodes. And no, uh, what's was... more is that like watching it this morning, there were also like a couple of really wonderful moments. Okay, where you sort of just like went for the funny, you like lean into the funny, and it's super funny. I made notes. Thank you. Well, you wrote it, and also yeah. Timothy. No, I was saying I was excited to get to talk about this one because it is, um, it truly is one of the first big Juliet episodes other than Scary Sherry. But, um, and there's a massive, massive psych first in this one, which we will get to as we go through it. Oh, massive. I think I know what it might be, but I'm, I think I'll let you say it. We have psych first and also some major psych first. I thought this episode really pushed some things along. And I also, in rewatching it, the mystery, the case is so good. It's so perfectly tied into everything that we're doing. And not that it's not usually, but sometimes there's like a B story that there's a, you know, everything was around this. It completely tracked a scene by scene by scene. I found myself like I was just, I, anyway, did you know roller derby? Like I even was like, oh, I kind of know roller derby, but I didn't know it, know it. And like, here was like a whole episode about it. And so, so I think this episode Colonel came from outside of the writer's room. I believe that it might've been Steve's brother-in-law, Sean, 
Sean. Sean. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Steve's brother-in-law, Sean, who may have pitched this idea to Steve and not really in like a pitch form, but like we pitched psych episodes in any number of ways, right? Mm-hmm. The murder. We want to come up with a fun murder, okay? Some guy walks into the psych office and pitches this, or sorry, comes in, but but also like we pitch worlds. That's what it was. And this was the world mm-hmm. of roller derby. And I think Sean actually, Steve's brother-in-law had come up with like, this is a world. And Steve brought it to work and and pitched it to us. I don't think we've ever asked this to a writer on on the podcast, but I was even like, okay, when you guys have a case, so, okay, you get your world, you set up the world, roller derby, and then you come up with the case. Do you work backwards from solving, like, what happens? Do you, how, how does, does the case, how, you get the world, and then how does the case unfold? In a writer's room, this, like to the writer. This one, this one saw, this this one unfolded. They come from, they originate from a number of points. One is like the case or the world, but this one was basically like roller derby is a good world, but this is a good place to put Juliet. That's what this was. Mm-hmm. This idea originated from the roller derby world, and we're just like, look, we're going to do a roller derby episode. Well, then um, what's the best way to do this? Let's put, let's put Juliet undercover, okay, doing this. <laughs> yep, that was me the whole time. Oh, I loved it so much. Okay, I had so many things I, have, I wrote. I have fan questions. I have my fan questions. No, no, my fan questions, not questions from fans. My questions. I, I, I watched this. I watched this not as a, as the writer of the episode. I watched yes. it as a fan of Psych. Tim, I think this right here. This is a psychologist are in Psych first. Do we actually have the guest? who's got notes and questions. So Yeah, um, I do. I do. Because also part of it was I want to take the attention off of me, but I do have some real questions, especially for the actor, for you actors. I want to know some acting stuff. I you loved. are so dynamite in this episode. I'm just going to oh, start so preface this podcast episode by saying you are soup to nuts, fantastic in this. And all oh the God. beats you're playing, all the, the myriad of all the funny, all the tough, all the sweet, all the soft is just dynamite. You're, you're, this is a tour de force of uh, Margaret Cassidy Lawson that, that as an is, actress. That <laughs> is just so nice. And no, for sure, I, I owe it to, to Mel Trigger for, for, for writing this. I mean, I, I remember getting the script and being like, whoa, I was very excited, but also very impressed. Um, and so, also so got can, to learn a whole new world. Yeah. So can I ask, so can I ask my first fan question? Sure. Okay. Okay. You this have fan questions and, too, just so you know. This Go is, ahead. This is nuts. This is nuts and bolts stuff. Timothy and, and and Maggie. I know that actors have very strong opinions. Okay, about watching themselves and performances. Okay, mm-hmm. and guys, this was like what fourteen years ago. It was a long time ago. Okay, mm-hmm. so like, so is it ever difficult to watch yourself in the performance and think? Like some people don't watch themselves at all, right? Because they're just mm-hmm. like, I can't take it because I've done it differently, right? Um, is it ever difficult to watch yourself like and, and and remain objective about about your performance and think and think I might have done that differently or I don't really enjoy watching this because I would have done it differently now? It's just like what is the watching yourself experience actually like? And I'm asking this question because I've never heard it asked on the podcast, and I think the fans oh. might like to know. So, like, what is watching yourself actually like? What does it entail? And how do you feel while you're doing it? And do you ever feel like, oh my god, I would have done it totally different, or I killed it then? Oh, this is really interesting because I think it depends on the job. Um, I, I don't know that I would totally. have the same answer for every job I've ever done. I And what's also interesting is comparing it to, like, going back and watching it 14 years ago, from, from 14 years ago, like, looking back on it, because all of my feelings around psych are just pure love that I don't have any sort of uh, anxiety about it whatsoever. I think when it was airing, um, I think that 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 felt high stakesy. That felt like a little more like, like I'd be nervous. And I, I would trust, I mean, I just trusted everyone, I think, so much. But I also, I would sometimes, I think, even tell James or someone else, like, to watch it first. <laughs> and then, and then, and the, or Tim, probably. I mean, I, I don't know, but I know I've done that before. Um, because in real time, it just felt like, I would beat myself up so much if I felt like, oh, I, 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 I wanted to. I mean, as we know, I mean, even now when I do an audition, I had one, you know, right. recently that I just was like, 
you know, I, I sent it off, but I went to bed that night and was like, oh, God, I wish I would have done this other line differently. Oh, that's what that meant or like whatever. And so, and you have the same thing when you're shooting. You'll just think of different things all the time. And so I think there's like something in letting it go. But at the same time, when it airs, there is this like butterflies. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it, it feels, I, I get worried. I'm going to be like, I wish I would have done this or that different. Um, but I do think I watch psych pretty much on time. Um, but if it was a big episode for me, I think I would let someone else watch it. I'm pretty sure James would give me a rundown before I would watch it myself. Yeah, it's super interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah, that, that's, that's really interesting. But it's not a blanket answer for every job. It's not the same answer for every job. It really just depends on the job for me. Totally um, agree. Yeah. yeah. What, what were you going to say, Tim? No, I, to- I totally agree. It depends on the job. Yeah. But granted, most of the time, I mean, I'm a narcissist. So most of them are like, I'm awesome. <laughs> It'd be like, it'd be much more be like, oh, I look chunky in that one. Or I don't oh. like, it's it's all sort of physical actor stuff that I don't like. But um, uh. no, Sykes is a totally different ballgame because it has been so long. And I feel like it's probably, it, I mean, it is the work that I'm probably proudest of. I agree. I, I feel like that's, there's like a confidence in watching Psych. There's just such a love. It like, and going back and reliving the days and the experience and all of it is just, I think it's also because it's still alive. Like we still get to do it. We're still here and we're still sure, talking. Sure. Yeah. So there's just, it's just joy. Um, but yeah, I'm also with Tim. Of course, I'll be like, Timothy, I should say, if I make any wardrobe decision, major wardrobe decisions without consulting him, but I would also <laughs> be like, is this a good picture? Is that a good picture? How did I look in that? We're, we're very funny in that way. <laughs> All right. Cause we Thank have each you. other's that was a, I, I wanted to have some shop talk. I needed some shop talk. The, and that, and that, was a, that was a fan question. Cause we actually have crossed the threshold where, where, where we, well, although you're still doing it, um, where the threshold being, we get to watch it as people who are in the family, but also as fans. All right. Yeah. So, right. That's sort of like you, there, there's at least an element where you remove yourself from it and you just watch it as a TV show, you know? Yeah, for Absolutely. the podcast, for rewatching the Psychologist RN rewatch podcast, it really is rewatch. It's watching it as a fan now and, and enjoying my friends that I love and watch them kill it. Exactly. Yeah. I think I would, I enjoy watching the series better than the movies for me. Like, because the movies are also, I mean, granted, it was after, the movies are all after my injury and I'm not where I, certainly I'm not where I was. Mm-hmm. on the series mm-hmm. either in a lot of ability wise so that that kind of sticks in my craw a little bit but the, even that being said the movies i'm so supported by the wave of love of my psych family that that all those sort of negative thoughts of like oh i don't look good or i, I can't do it as because i used to mm-hmm. or i can't do that mm-hmm. eyebrow thing anymore because my face doesn't work but that all goes away mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. feel it's so funny you say that because i i feel when i watch the movies i feel like I, I'm so blown away by you, like that you would would see it and have any sort of concern or whatever. I feel like the complete. I watch the movies and I am in complete awe of your performances. It's it's so interesting. See that's see how we do. I set up that that softball of a compliment and boom, you crush it. He, out he of the actually park. just texted me and was like, "Hey, I'm going to give you something in just a second, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be super easy. You could do you could hit this you could hit this ball with one hand." <laughs> we're just we're such a team now. Okay, all right, let's dive into the episode. Yes, and, let's do this, and then uh, and then we have fan questions for you too, Tim. So, hmm. all right, just. So excited. And in fact, I even said, do you want to come talk derby with us when I invited him to? I see what you did there. See what I did there? See what I did there? Okay. Episode seven, Talk Derby to Me, written by Tim Eltrigger. Yay! Yay! Okay. Okay, guys. Pineapple siding. Interesting. Devin is a master at finding the pineapples. And Devin says- Even even Devin can't find this one. Correct. Wow. Where is it? Meltrigger, where is it? It's cut out. What? Yeah, it was cut out. It was cut That's out. That's not now, this, fair. For, for, for a variety of reasons, but sorry, for, for one, I, I think it was cut out for length or for, for, for brevity or whatever, but it was cut out. There was a plate of pineapple okay, in oh, the locker in the- room. 
<laughs> so, so I'm glad it was cut out because how gross is that? That's very funny. I thought you were going to say it like the candlelight dinner or something, but no, in the no, locker room. Oh, it wow. It was in the locker room. It was like kind of an afterthought. And someone was just like, we got to put a pineapple in this one. And so they did some pineapple. They put it in the locker room. And I think it was in one of, and I think it was in, it was just on, on, on the bench between the lockers. Okay. And so when Sean goes in and investigates and he spies around a little bit, they just, they just couldn't get it in there because when they finally did it in post-production, they just cut it out because they needed to be closer on Sean in the lockers. But it was in that room. That's where it was. I love it. So there you go, yep. psychos. That's some real psych insider info right there from Meltzer. And massive apologies, okay, to Devin, who probably like really looked for it. <laughs> Sorry, Devin, if you spent the last week trying yeah. to track yeah. down I realize now, I never find them because yeah. I'm, I'm too busy. I'm too enthralled watching the show. I'm enjoying myself too much to even bother finding the, fi- the pineapples now. <laughs> one of my one of my very favorite um this is my partner is in this one okay um cold open henry calls young sean into the living room and out pops young gus claiming he's representing sean in this situation <laughs> he- so cute henry asks john to find what's missing from the room and after scouring the area sean notices three beads on the ground realizing henry took his bb gun yeah from him flash forward to present day a security guard at a ritzy clothing store walks around in the dark only for a thief to hit him over the head and begin causing chaos. Jules, Lassie, and Chief Vic arrive at the crime scene, and Lassie notices an odd-looking mannequin who happens to be Sean Spencer. This was very funny. He was very still. Yeah, it was very a good. hilarious bit. It's, he, yeah, it it's a hilarious. great bit. He kills, it. He, he, he kills it, too. He really does. The gang then joins the security guard in his very tiny office. I remember shooting this scene. It was so fun. Uh, to review the tapes. Sean realizes the thieves are women. This is a uh, classic comedy runner we did on our show a lot of putting a lot of people in a tiny in space. A, yes. <laughs> it's just always funny. It's always funny. And I have to call out um, O'Hara is in a, a new color. Uh-huh. I'm calling this one Lemoncello Yellow. It's oh, a, Lemoncello. It's a I thought cousin. you were going to go banana. Go ahead. No, it, it's a cousin to um, Lemon Italian Ice from seasons one, two, and three. Or no, one and two. <laughs> one and two. <laughs> it's no, true. I'm with lemon, lemoncello yellow. I was looking forward to what you were going to say. I was like, <laughs> oh, how is Tim going to comment Tim. on my wardrobe? It, yeah, lemoncello yellow. It also rhymes. Oh, it sounds a little like a paint swatch, though, Timothy. Ooh, or like a um, a nail color, like a nail polish. Oh, yes, totally. Totally. <laughs> no shade, okay, man. I mean, it's a great choice. Oh, and what's what it, more is that it has that sort of like internal rhyme. It's perfect. It's, but it's, I was thinking if I was going to paint a room, I'd want to paint a limoncello yellow. And now you can just go to Psych and watch this scene and you'll have, you got your swatch right there. Tim, yeah, look at you. A, you should be hired to write these names of colors. Timothy. <laughs> I'm, well, you know, if, if we don't get a fourth Psych movie, I'm, I might take up another line of work. <laughs> Hey, before right. we dive, well, try on some very uh, time period clothes, Sean. That's very. It's a nice way of putting it, Devin. Uh, Sean notices some dirt marks on the ground. Sean tells the gang that in order to solve the case, they need someone from the inside. The then inside. asking Juliet, if, "Oh wait, do it again, Tim, Timothy." On the inside. Oh, good one. No, that doesn't yeah, happen until. Um, that doesn't happen until Vic's office later. What? The inside line. It does. Yes, correct. But, but then asking Juliet if she can skate. Yes. Before we jump in too far, we should say this yes. episode directed by Steve Miner. Oh yes, yeah, Steve. And I have a um, I have a little six degrees, a psych degrees of separation with Steve, or a little insider insight. So I've never worked with Steve, but I remember sitting at Joey's, duh, shocks, having drinks with the gang and Steve Miner, and Steve and I discovering, or me discovering that Steve is a fly fisherman. Mm-hmm. So now here's the thing about fly fishing: lots of people fish. But not a lot of people fly fish because it's a, it's more of a specialized thing. So like when we, when we you meet a fellow fly fisher, man or a woman, mm-hmm. it's sort of like discovering somebody's in the same secret club as you. Honestly, I'm going somewhere with this. Steve, you at the time after Psych was living in Ketchum. And I used to do an annual fishing trip with my buddy Cliff to, to a Boise in Ketchum. And there's one particular creek there. Not a creek. It's a creek. It's called Silver Creek. And it's on land that Hemingway used to own. That Whoa. he donated to to the state, and so and so I told Steve was going to maybe hook up with us and go fishing, but our schedules didn't work out. But Steve was like, "Oh, you're hitting Silver Creek. That's a notoriously difficult piece of water to to uh, catch fish in because it's it's gin clear water and they see it coming." One of my proudest is, is a a golden trout that I caught on 
on Silver Creek. And I'm proud of this one because Miner told me specifically who knows that water was like, oh, you've got to be really good to catch anything on that on that water. So that's my that's my Steve Miner story. I have a Steve oh Miner story gosh. too. I love yours. I have I have I have one too. Oh my God. Is yours right, go so ahead. mine's is like what's it? Psych premonition, I guess, is when we when we work with someone before they do psych. So in 2001, I did a pilot for Fox called The Third Degree about the John Jay Criminal School in New York. So we were students. Um, and Steve Miner directed the pilot. And it was me, Jensen Ackles, Christopher Palaha, and Terry Chen, who uh, is a wonderful actor in, in Vancouver. And Chris Palaha, I've now seen a million. He's in a lot of like, he's doing a lot of Hallmark movies. He's in movies constantly. And then Jensen Ackles, obviously, Tim, you know, Timothy, you know very well. My supernatural um, brother. Yeah. And Steve Miner directed that pilot. We shot for three weeks in New York. You know, I was 21. We had the time of our lives. I'm it, shocked. How about that? It was out of control. Steve Miner was our, like, he was just in for all the fun, all the time. We We just traveled as a group everywhere. Like, we went out quite a bit, but, like, we just had the time of our lives. It was so much fun. And um, uh, I'll never forget it. Uh, not that I would anyway, but we shot at the World Trade Center. Um, we shot in the subway station there and we shot on the steps there and we shot the shots looking up at it. It was crazy. And then like, you know, it was what, a couple of months later that, uh, yeah, that wow. the towers came down. But it was it was wild. That's my Steve Miner story. Meltzer. So I was... So I was having drinks with Steve Miner uh, the second night of shooting. Okay, we were actually like, uh, I remember, guys, this is my second episode of TV. I was very, very green. Aww. Steve Miner always worked with lots and lots of experienced writers, but yeah. I wasn't. So I was there to have drinks with him at the Gerard and uh, drink uh, and uh, to have some drinks and to ask some dumb questions, which I did. Okay, but we were actually also inviting the digital press there for that particular episode. It was a set visit for all the bloggers. Okay, and because I was I like. Remember. The guy who was embedded to do that, okay, I could not say no to that because I don't say no to anything. Steve Miner's just like, hey, man, would you like to go on and get some sushi? And I'm like, nah, man, I can't do it. I got to do this thing with the digital press. And he's like, all right, cool. All right, catch you later. Well, the next morning I, take, I get to set and he reports to me that um, he walked out of the Gerard bar, bar and in the uh, and in the lobby of the, of, uh, of the Sutton, he ran into a friend of his and they went out for steaks. And that friend of his was Chris Guest. No. Stop it right <laughs> now. So I could have, I had right. So I could have gone out with Chris Guest and Steve Miner, but no, not me. I was doing the digital press. <laughs> oh, thank you for your service, Tim. <laughs> Tim, that is a huge, that is a huge miss. And I'm sorry. It is, it is, it is my greatest, like, it is my greatest, like, my greatest, like, missed celebrity encounter mm. story ever, right? I mean, I've gotten mm. to work with lots of wonderful people, but like, come on, Chris Guest. And I'm just like, can't do it, dude. Check you later. <laughs> <laughs> you had to work. You had to work. Uh, That's yeah. a great story, though. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out, which is everyone. With every purchase, I am earning cash back thanks to Upside. You guys, I know this sounds too good to be true. I thought it was too, but it's not. It's for real. It's so easy to use. And then you can go spend your money on anything you want because you keep getting this cash back. Anyway, I love it. I love it. I love it. I cannot stress this enough. It is so important right now, especially because everything is so expensive. So why not get some money back, right? To get started, download the free Upside app. Use our promo code pineapple and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app and use promo code PINEAPPLE to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code PINEAPPLE. 
to the episode. Anyway, yes, we, lo- we love you, Steve Miner. Um, okay, cue the theme song. Cut to Sean, Gus, and Henry watching Juliet compete in a roller derby tournament. Henry is too into it, <laughs> Devin says. I love it. As Sean and Gus decide to head off, they have to keep stepping over fallen players. Amazing. This bit was so funny and so well shot. I really feel like you jumped over the whole um, Vic office scene. Where, the um, Vic office scene has just happened, right? It happens right before where he's the, on the inside happens. And they ask me if I can skate. And um, Lasseter's really begging to go undercover. Yes. <laughs> Setting up the runner of Lasseter, totally. always begging to go undercover and never getting to go undercover. That's true. I saw getting a mustache guy. Yes. One of, so one of the greatest jokes in the in the whole episode, by the yes. way. I got a mustache guy. <laughs> and then Vic brings up the um, prosthetic nose debacle of 05, I think. <laughs> So good. There are some killer lines in this. Yes. There's a beat where I say how tough to crack perps are are my wheelhouse. And you you give me a look afterwards. Would you just, I just stop and rewind it. Yeah. Once again, you you agree. And then you give me this massive side side eye, which was hilarious. Yes. I'm like, (laughs) oh, that's a little, that's a little too far. A little too far. So Maggie, um, this is one of the this is one of the great reveals, okay, in, in early psych history. Tell us about the skating, okay? Tell us about your skating. Like when a roller derby episode actually like came up, we're like, well, sure, let's just put Maggie on skates. But like clearly you like nailed it with the with the skating, but like was that something that you'd done? You have experience skating. You do some pretty good skating. Thank you. I feel like I did have a trainer or somebody. I know that there was like some stunt work that we did beforehand. No. The extent of my roller skating, oh, actually, it's funny. I did have like a rollerblading thing when I was maybe in my like, maybe like 18, 19. I used to like go to the boardwalk, you know, like down to the beach and like rollerblade when that was really popular. Uh-huh. But when I was a kid, we had these um, we had these skating parties. So it would be like Thursday and it was like the second Thursday of every month. Uh-huh. My grade school had these like skating parties. And I never really, other than just skating at these skating parties, which were hilarious. I mean, the extent of my skating was like uh, playing games where they would say, you know, okay, we're going to all skate. And when the music stops and I say dead bug, everybody has to go on their back and like put their hands and feet in the air like a dead bug. That was the most I did. It was very cute. We'd be like skating along and the music would be playing and the little announcer would come on and be like, okay, skaters, dead bug. And then everyone on on the rink would have to stop and get on their back and put their hands and feet in the air. So funny, but they, but your, your skating uh, chops were actually good enough such that they felt confident to put you on skates for the scenes in the second act. Okay. Yeah. For you to be in the police station on skates. Yeah, I had to because, and that's why I do think I did this. I think I practice. I, Juliet goes all in. Go, yeah, Tim. Uh, I've got to jump to, um, so after we ask if you can skate, we cut to the roller derby match and, um, all of the opposing team is in, you guessed it, Pepto drink. <laughs> Pepto pink. But I Maniac's team, Lawson's team, is back in the, um, we revisited the pumpkin spice latte orange from a few episodes ago. That's right. Pumpkin spice latte orange. It's almost that time again. Um, <laughs> which we love. Okay. Juliet tells Sean and Gus to leave the tournament. By the way, I just have to give... How, I'm sure this was written this way, and then it was shot perfectly. The 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 boys doing that walk and talk with the long the dolly going all the dolly camera with them stepping over repeatedly the bodies that keep flying from the rink. Oh, it's so so well done and seamless, just like they don't even bat an eye. So funny. Julia tells Sean and Gus to leave the tournament, but the girls skate up just in time, interrogating them. They claim they're just in a fan club for Maniac, aka Jules's skater name. By the way. 17 is on my arm and they asked me what I wanted on my arm. That's my lucky number. So I oh, love to know. I didn't know this. Trivia. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Back at the station, Chief Vic asked Juliet to take off her skates while at the office. Also asking if she broke someone's nose. Juliet replies in the most perfect <laughs> way saying, thank you. So <laughs> I <guess> I <laughs> Chief Vic also tells Juliet that she gets a little too intense when she's undercover. Shocker. Sitting up. Also, sorry. When you yeah. roll in the office. And then roll back out to your desk. Yeah. What color are your are your wheels on your skates? Pepto drink. Not just the wheels, also your laces. The Pepto pink is on is on. Wait, I'm in pink. My skates are pink. Your your the wheels, your skates, oh, and your wheels. laces are pink. And okay, everybody. So you, you that this is going to be a, a triple shot. 
This will be three fingers worth of a Pepto drink right here. <laughs> because while you're sitting there adjust, adjusting your laces, you, you take a phone call on your cell phone. And that cell phone is Pepto mm. drink. Which I, really, I, I think that I think too. It's, I thought it was Mary Lou Baumgartner's cell phone from Scary Sherry. This is the debut of the um, ah. of the flip of the pink flip phone, flip phone, or at least it's it's very prominent. I do think you're right. I think I did have that in Scary Sherry, but this is the first time it's like I, I was even surprised. I still had my pink flip phone. Flip phone. I loved it. <laughs> okay. Sean then sets up an adorable date night for him and Juliet at the psych office, but she declines which, and she's going undercover that night, but not before taking a snack for the road. Yes, so, which also your um your wardrobe in this scene. Yeah, you've already O'Hara is already going too far, and it has taken on the um, maniac. Um, I'm all in va va voom. Um, yeah, look. Even I was watching, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't know I could look like that, but okay, I, I'm in. I'm in. It was fun. It was very fun. And the scene and is very... Nobody was hating it. By the way, Mel Trigger. Yes. The back and forth in this scene. Like, I don't know that Sean and I have had the chance to do that so much. Like, in my audition scene, I think that is why one of the reasons we had the chemistry that we had, like, going way, way, way back. But, like, we haven't had a ton of just solo scenes that have this back and forth, other than maybe Scary Sherry, whatever. This was one of my favorites. It's a wonderful, funny, like very like 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 choppity chop back and forth scene. It's wonderful. Very choppy and I get chop. And, 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 uh, and I got to use the word endive in in the in the scene. Like, I was like, are I, you a foodie? Is Mel Trigger a foodie? You mentioned <laughs> endive. I wrote this down. And one other thing too, where I was like, he knows his he knows his food. I am gonna find this because I have to. Um, oh, I just wrote food references. Is t- Mel Trigger a foodie? Not true. No, we actually Heather and I used to hang out with a couple of people at that time who were super foodies. And oh, in I fact, I had endives shortly myself, just like at some point early before. And I'm like, endive's a funny word. And when he says it, he's like, endive. So, so I, is that even how you say that? Is that how you pronounce those? It is. Okay. Yeah. But also the Got fact it. you use you use crab cakes, which. It's a it's a word with two Ks, so it's it's doubly funny. You cannot lose funny with throwing pack, <laughs> a crab cakes on. You are absolutely right, Tim. Absolutely right. It's so good. Okay, back at the track. Juliet asks why Westwood, one of the Derby girls, has to leave. She gave a different reason than the one she gave the other girls, which was pretty fishy. Devin. Ben looks up at the ceiling only to find two handheld scanners tucked away. I thought this was really cool. I had never seen prints like that, like done that way. And I thought that was neat. Anyway. I had two questions. I had two. I, I had a comment and a question related to that. First off, the ceiling, the hiding things in the ceiling is related to mine and Steve's time at Disneyland because if you worked a whole summer on Big Thunder Mountain, you got really comfortable in a pair of boots. When you cleaned out your locker at the end of the summer, you had to hide the boots somewhere. And that's where you hid them in the ceiling. And then you turned everything else in. <laughs> they had these ceiling oh tiles God. in the locker room, and that's that's directly where that comes from. But I love it. my other question is: you're wearing your you're wearing your uh, your roller derby outfit, okay? Are you carrying around tape for fingerprints? <laughs> where are you keeping it? <laughs> oh, this is the this is the ongoing question of my gun, <laughs> um, cuffs, your badge. Like we we I don't know where I put anything ever. I didn't have a purse right. after season one. So look, <laughs> there's some magic. There's some TV magic here. Evidently so, because I I actually rewound that scene. I'm just like, wait a second. She she's got masking tape for the prince. Like where? Where is she keeping that? Well, in that but outfit, she's yes. a great detective. And of course, she's keeping it someplace because she's you, know, you never know when you're gonna have to get some prints, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I was really impressed. I was like, oh, this is cool. I've never seen this before. Okay. Um, Jules fills Sean in on what she found, uh, telling him to call. Lassiter, if anything happens and he retorts, of course I'm not calling Lassiter. Yes, Timothy. I think we've missed <laughs> a major, major, major psychotic moment. Oh, what? What? The boys in the car. Uh, I think I know where we're going with this. What? Three-hole puncher. <laughs> oh, my God. Have we passed it? No, I wrote that down in all caps. This is three-hole punch episode. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wait. It did is. we? We did. We did. Because that happens when we go to the warehouse and it's the wrong thing. That's right. That's right. I believe this scene was shot after. I remember three-hole puncher perfectly. And you know what it was, actually, is like, it, there's a scene later, okay, where Sean and Gus go into the, and, and they encounter the young girl who's shredding 
credit card receipts. Yes. Okay. It was that was the scene. Now, this scene didn't actually make the episode, but they walk in there and she gets startled and she threatens to hit them with a three hole punch. Okay. Yes. But she said, tell that to my three hole puncher or whatever. She said, puncher. Okay. <laughs> I had written three. I had, uh, come on. I had, I, I had written punch. Okay. Uh-huh. And yes. Now, here's the thing about Steve Miners that there's no way I could have, like, like in James's retelling of the story, I, like, run up onto the set <laughs> and I tell the actors, okay, it is not puncher, it's punch, and punch is funnier. But I had to tell Miner that I was going to step on and talk about a specific line, right? And Miner would have said, yeah, go ahead and do that. Right. So <laughs> it's funnier to tell the story that I ran up very aggressive. <laughs> It's, it's all that. funny. I'm going to own that. I mean, what I think I'm going to own right now is the fact that I still maintain that Punch is funnier than Puncher. <laughs> I agree. And I think it's well, just funny. You know how we are. And they what are. What do you mean you agree, Maggie? Where were you when I needed you then, <laughs> when I was getting made fun of? In all <laughs> this is forever. Tim Sale and I you needed you to have it. my back. But, but what has come of the moment is so psychotic. <laughs> Because it, it is it is still something we talk about. Three-hole punch yeah. is still a thing. So in a way, <laughs> I'm kind of glad, because I don't think I was on set for that, but I'm kind of glad I wasn't there so that it could become what it has become, which is <laughs> a, a gem of all So you're all saying you would, you would have defended me if you were actually there at the time. I would have defended you. Yeah, I would have said this is <laughs> this is funnier. I just think it's, I love that you, you were just like, I, I know, I know my jokes. I'm a word guy. What can I say? So good. Okay. Have we also gone? I think we might be past the. This is my partner. Long is this Long, long Branch? Branch? Long Branch. Yes, whistle. one of the best <laughs> ones. I think one of the best ones ever. Yeah, I, think it's I one didn't of the- have to try very hard for that one because Long Branch Penny Whistle was the original name of like the band that Glenn Fry had before he started the Beatles, the the the, the Eagles. Okay, stop was, it. Yeah, it was like Los Angeles musicians during like the post Laurel Canyon days. Okay, JD Souther and Glenn Fry had come out to California to be in a band together and they called it Long Branch Penny Whistle. And it was oh. always a funny phrase. Yeah, it was always a funny name. So I, I, I love I, it. I'm going to come clean right now. I didn't make that up. But can you imagine that that title name on the marquee of the Troubadour? Yes, that's right. They played I, at the Troub. I can totally imagine it. I can totally imagine it. I think it's awesome. Right. Okay. Sean then follows Westwood all the way to a lake where she opens her trunk to dump a body. Nope, a mannequin. Chief Vic and Lassiter show up, congratulating them on finding the missing items. But from around the corner, one of the Derby girls warns the others that Sean and Gus are working with the cops. I also have to shout out this shooting location, which was Deep Cove. And it was it's one of the most beautiful places in Vancouver. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. I don't know about you guys, but I often feel like my mind just needs a break from thinking. Uh, One way I try to help this is I turn my phone off. I just like turn it off for an hour in the middle of the day. It's amazing. How well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same one your entire life? That's how our brains work. So why don't we treat them that way? How we care for our minds affects how we experience life. So it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps, something I am excellent at. There's also BetterHelp Online Therapy. I talk about this a lot, but you guys know I have used it myself. It is so easy to download. It is so easy to set up, and it is tailored just for you. It like removes all anxiety kind of right away from that like experience of therapy or taking that first step in general. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash pineapple. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pineapple. That, that stunt actress was Dan Shea's daughter also. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Dan Shea's daughter was the live person we used when we revealed that body at the at, at the act out. Oh, my gosh. And then it was a mannequin in the next scene. Because it was actually a real human being yeah. when it was revealed at first place. It was, that was Dan yeah. Shea's daughter. Yeah, she was a young, like, 19-year-old girl or something like that. Thank you, Dan Shea's daughter. 
Um, can we can we take a moment, by the way, also and and just celebrate Timothy's delivery of the line? I don't speak mannequin. I wrote down a note about that one because <laughs> this this wonderful line, by the way, with this wonderful shit eating grin, by the way, right after it. It's just so great, Tim. But the insider insight to that is um, it's just something James always used to crack up whenever I would give that grin. And after playing a pretty straightless character for three seasons now, any time I would look for any time, any opportunity to do something non esque So that that shit eating grin just so fit the moment and uh, gave me intense satisfaction. So good, and I, and I think made wonderful James moment. Laugh. Course, course, I don't speak mannequin. Is the line. I really, I really <laughs> in my notes. Course, of course, I don't speak mannequin. Of course. <laughs> I love it. I also want to call out MySpace. There's a mention of MySpace, yeah. which is so yes. telling of the time. And also, some of the psychos probably have no idea what that is uh, because they're so young. And, um, uh, what was the other one? Hang on, I wrote one. Wrote down one more thing that was oh, sinkhole, sissy feet, something flapjack. Yeah, when they're in the psych office. <laughs> that's exactly that's a James joke though. I didn't write it right that one. I'm pretty sure James did that one. Oh God, that's funny. Anyway, so funny. Okay. Um, uh, back at the Ritzy store, everyone makes fun of Gus for wearing the same outfit as the mannequin. <laughs> so good. Such just a funny runner. Sean realizes why the girls were stealing from the store. They were using the hand scanners to steal identities from credit cards. Again, this is such a cool case. As Sean and Gus arrive at the tournament, they find Westwood's body in the back of her own truck. And Sean replies, thank God. The correct response to finding a dead body that isn't Jules. He was unusually callous towards dead bodies in this episode, I thought. There are two moments where there's potential dead bodies, and he's just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if I was given if I was given studio notes, that might be my That would have been note. one of them. After realizing <laughs> Juliet's teammates are trying to take her down in the ring, Gus puts on some skates to protect her. It with this this Really warmed my heart. I thought this was such a sweet moment. Yes, Timothy. Um, big old insider insight in this one where when Gus knocks the girl down and she goes flying into the crowd, if you're re- when you're rewatching, if you if you go slowly, there's a guy in a yellow t-shirt with glasses who literally catches the actress flying into the crowd. That's our stunt coordinator, Dan Shea. <gasps> oh, interesting. I missed that. Okay. I totally missed that. I have to pause you guys because my computer just said it's about to die and it's plugged in. So I need to find another plug really quick. One second. Just one quick second. Uh, So, Tim, are you listening to anything else I need to know about right now? I got it. I'm coming. Hang on. (laughs) Okay. I think it's actually the plug. Okay. And we're back. How about it? Hi, Tim. I mean, you don't do it now, Tim. Just at some point. Okay. Um, Hold on. Gus, that's so sweet. And then Juliet then blocks one of the girls from hitting Sean. Okay, so Gus just put his skates on to protect me. Juliet then blocks one of the girls from hitting Sean. And Mal's back, uh, thank you, which is very sweet. There's, I wrote down big Juliet-Sean energy in this one. Just as I they think the case is over. Yes, Tim. To say all this, the badass O'Hara slash maniac fisticuffs in this is just O'Hara, I mean... O'Hara going badass is always delightful to watch. And this was um, chock full of delightfulness. You being such a badass in this. Okay, sorry, it's go ahead. It's just too fun. It's just too fun. It really goes for it. And again, you know, any sort of like reluctance or uh, or reservations about the skating and like the really leaning into the skating, you wouldn't know because I. what was funny, um, do you, you remember though, we put you on a platform, a rolling platform a bunch of times, right? Was that what that was? Yes. Yeah, so, so some of the times when the camera... The close-ups. The close-ups. Uh-huh. I'm on like a platform totally. And I'm just making the motion of of skating, um, which was very <laughs> fun. Very fun. <laughs> um, okay. Just as they think the case is over, Sean mentions that along with the credit card fraud, the Derby girls murdered one of their teammates. Back at their arena, Juliet arrives to r- uh, return her skates, only to find Sean there wearing a pair. Sorry, before you go, we got to give a shout out to um, one of the perps who's, uh, um, I can't remember the character's name, but the actress was Sidney Bennett. Yeah, Racy DC was 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 her name. Sydney yeah, Bennett, yeah, was a wonderful uh, actress. Psyched reason separation. She was she was dating a friend of mine back in the day, so it was great to see Sydney and have her be so oh, cool. awesome in this episode. Okay, so now you're now about to go to my favorite scene, the biggest psych first 
ever. Do you want to do you want to start talking? Is it your favorite? Wait, is it your favorite scene because I'm in it, Tim? Are you the announcer, dude? I'm yes. I, I I'm the announcer guy in the booth. <laughs> See, I knew you were an actor, Tim. You can't just I, be this. No, talented. I'm not an actor because, in fact, they dubbed that because they didn't want me to. Not because they didn't want me because because I didn't want to have to pay uh, for a SAG card. Oh <laughs> my gosh! Because later on, I had a credit too for for singing the song, the theme song in Spanish. Okay, for uh, actually, I'd already had a credit for, for singing Homicidio? for Homicidio, right? Muy bueno. So if I'd actually like had a line in that, right? Two lines, two speaking parts. Yeah, you would have been. Uh, you would have you... been had to pay actor dues too in in Canada. Yeah. There you go, Tim. I they they saved me from paying actor dues by by dubbing me in that scene. So I don't mean to make it about myself at that point because let's talk about uh, the wonderful like preciousness of the scene. Um, so this scene when um it's very Julia sweet. and Sean go for the the skate. The huge psych first is this is the first time we really see Juliet starting to generally fall for Sean, I think. Yeah, there's a the, I I had that down as well because I feel like in the other ones it's always we did have very close talking um in Bounty yeah, Hunters. Close talking. But but it wasn't it, it at the same time this this was actually like a mutual uh, crush and, no, and, it's, and it's all played in the hands with yeah. the original no hands and then the way Steve Miner shot this and the way yeah. Timmy wrote it and yeah. mostly how you and James play this of that touching the outside of the hands was all to um, Flock of Seagulls, Space Age Love Story. Come on. Yeah. It was, I got to say, I actually, I, I started to cry watching this episode, watching this scene. It made me miss you. Just, it, was, it was so sweet. It got me straight in the feels. Me too. It is a very delicate scene the way it's played. You know, I really think again on the page it's fine. You know what I mean? It's 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 a lovely scene, but like again, the way it is played, it's very very delicate. And uh, um, I just think it's kind of a perfect dynamic between the two of you guys. I think it's I, I love the way you do it. Also, I think it's very sweet to see Sean that vulnerable too. Even like when I first get there, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm just here, just you know." And then to have him kind of be the one that's wobbly and falling and not, you know. He's just usually the guy who's got it. He's smooth and got it together and got the whatever. He's like a little nervous. And so am I. I don't know. There's just, this was so sweet. And I just loved the direction. It's like we had very close talking and now we had very close hand holding, but we actually do touch hands, which is like, oh, it's just so good. Anyway, I love it. Actually, I went back and watched the scene again because I loved it so much. And I was like, yeah, it's still getting me. Yeah. It's the sweetest. It's so sweet. And then in the last scene, Sean reveals he took the test that Gus had been studying for all week and that he passed, which obviously riles Gus up. Also very There's sweet. Another yes. insider insight. Yeah. Sean's uh, nailed it. Yeah. Became a recurring line yep. from our, our beautiful and handsome and talented camera crew, especially Marco Ciccone. Anytime Marco would re- really hit a, hit a intricate shot, we would always hear from behind the camera, and then, and then somebody else would say, "Didn't totally screw it up." Yeah, <laughs> which I'm, I'm sure I'm sure it came from this moment of, of James's reading of nailed it. Yeah, it's very good. So, uh, fan questions for you. Oh, this is actually one that I would have for you, Mel Trigger. Uh, what inspired the name Maniac? I wish I could say that Maniac actually came from someplace, but Maniac felt uh, just 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 uh, it was just the, one of the first ones I came up with. I love it. Um, I wish I wish there was a story there, Maggie. I do have a list of because uh, I had to do a lot of writing. I had to come up with a lot of roller derby names, so of I had a, I have a whole I have a whole list of all of them that I had to come up with. Uh, misanthropy, off white trash, hasty <laughs> wannabe, destruction, <laughs> bloody Holly, <laughs> pain Jane. Wait, what was the last one? Hill. Uh, bloody, I mean, Holly. Uh, bloody Holly. Bloody Holly. <laughs> 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 the fact that you um, named the team the Santa Barbarians was. Oh, and that too. Spot us, hilarious. Well, the Santa Barbarians was uh, one of three that we had come up with. Uh, the other one was uh, the Santa Barbells. Oh, like barbells. <laughs> barbells, yeah. And uh, and the Sa- and the Santa Barbarellas. Oh, also that cute. Also yeah, and I think I think one of the I think either either but one or both of those came from the studio. Somebody at the somebody one of the studio execs came up with that one as a possibility. I love that. Oh, but we stuck what? with Santa Bar- Barbarians. Give me more names. Do you have more names still? Oh, sure. Abracadaver. Uh, tox, tox, <laughs> to, toxic Waste, which was a character, right? The yeah. Baroness Von Killington. <laughs> <laughs> shock, shock in awe. Ripper uh-huh. McKill. Uh, Deatharella. 
Um, Lee, Lee, like Janet Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald. (laughs) (laughs) That one didn't make it. It's a little dark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Faster Pussycat, Pelagroso Perez, Gwendolyn Hill. (laughs) Oh, my Uh, God. (laughs) Anita Uzi. Okay. Um, yeah, so we came up with a bunch of them because we needed we needed people on that team because that was actually a real roller derby team. I mean, we had Aaliyah O'Brien, the actress. Love okay. Aaliyah. I love yeah, her. I wonderful. hung out with her quite a bit in Vancouver. Just the uh, nicest woman. She's so great. Yeah. A sweet, sweet person. Yeah. And we had and we had Sydney Bennett. And I think there was a and there was you. You were our three roller derby gals. Okay. Right. And the rest of those Background players were an, a real roller derby Actual team. team. Yep, I remember yeah. this. I, I wish I could remember what their names were. I think I went to watch them. I think I went to watch it. I think I did. As as uh, leading up to the episode, I think I went and watched one of their meets. Um, and now that I'm remembering all this, I did that in Vancouver. I remember. Now, speaking of that, tell us tell us also, this is another fan question, but like the PNE, right, where we shot that, the Pacific mm-hmm. Northwest yes. Expo- Exposition, right? Yeah. Tim, Maggie, you both know that so that 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 uh, that location very, very well, right? Did yeah. we not shoot a lot of episodes there? We shot a lot. Tons. There. So much. It was like yeah. we shot at the PNE all the time. And the exterior was the was the uh, the round arena where they would like auction cattle off and stuff inside, right? Right, but I think that arena was yeah. the um was their minor league the Vancouver's minor league team um hockey team. I think that's oh, where see, they I thought I thought the interior was where they had rodeos and stuff, as I recall. I think that's actually down lower in because having my kids the peony every summer to see the uh the rodeo stuff, I think that was, was sort of down further towards the towards the rides and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Ah, and, and the then the interior, that 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 big the, the the rink was actually not in the arena per se, it was in like a big room somewhere on the peony we shot in plain fright there also oh we we also shot last movie there i mean we shot we shot so many so many things there yeah um yeah it's a good home it's a good home nice very easy for the uh trailers too because the big parking lot (laughs) all right so there you go fans that's another super like terminal like like terminal city a super regular location location. yeah for sure Okay, who came up with the silent thank you and you're welcome? That actually did start a couple episodes ago. There was a thank you and you're welcome between Jules and Sean. And I guess that continues. Does that continue? It does, I guess. That feel that feels like a James and Maggie thing. I I'm think it was a sure James it was and Maggie a, it's thing. Not on the, it's not on the page. Yep. And usually when we started something like that, he'd be like, oh, do the thing. We did it a couple episodes ago and we'd do it again and it would stay in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Who's the best and worst skater? Well, I don't know. They were all pros, actually. Yeah. I mean, as far as being the worst skater, I mean, you were certainly the least the least skatery person there, but you wouldn't know it because you kind of killed it. Everybody made me look good. So we can't say like worst skater. There were no worst skaters. They were all pros, including our own uh, Detective Lasseter. Sorry, Detective Juliet um, O'Hara. Yeah. And I think James was faking it at the end. I think he's a decent skater. Although, why did they? Uh, it's it's a shame that we didn't get the chance to put Lasseter on skates. Also, I'm not gonna say um, not to brag, but back in the day, I was a hell of a good roller skater. Were you? I was. I was um, actually in um, my school district where I grew up. The Bellevue School District in Seattle had a, a really amazing theater program. And one year, we did Ozma of Oz, and there's a character who's called. He was. A, they were called Wheelies. So I did a whole play on on roller skates and like learned how to like skate backwards and jump stuff. Oh my gosh. Stop it. Oh my gosh. How did I not know that? Because I guarantee you, if someone said we're putting Lasseter in skates for this episode, I would be like, no, you're not. Do not put him in skates, wrap him in bubble wrap. um, Yeah, if he's in all shin guards, wrist guards, and knee guards, then sure. And a helmet. And of course, I did all that without a helmet because I was dumb back then. Yeah, sure. (laughs) So um, I maybe was a little, I wish I could have gotten a little. But then in my, during adolescence, Growing up at in Bellevue, Washington, anybody my age who grew up in Bellevue knows that weekend nights you went to Skate King. Hey, much like, much like your skate parties, right? And, right, like Skate World. That ours was Skate World in Louisville, where they played My Sharona on a loop. <laughs> I love it. So Skate King was the um, the place of a lot of psychological damage for me because there was always the dreaded snowball where. Guys would line up on one side and the girls would, would skate around and then you'd basically wait for someone to come pick you to skate with. Oh. It was so damaging. I'm having a little PTSD right now. Never I'm got sorry. picked to skate with anybody. That's awful. Well, horrible. 
You know the uh, the, uh, the 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 flashback. If we're going back to the beginning of the episode, uh, the flashback with Henry also is like one of five flashbacks we actually wrote. And the original episode, the original flashbacks we wrote in various in earlier drafts involved a couple skate with young Sean and young mm. Gus. And ultimately, oh. we yeah we jettisoned that like right before we shot uh, because I guess Corbin was available and we needed to put him in some scenes. Um, but uh, but that there was it was it was a similar thing, Tim, that you're talking about was was about the anxiety that comes along with a couple skate and you're oh, 11 God. years old. The worst. Oh, my God. The yeah. worst. I remember yeah. it. This will be a couple skate. This will be for couples only. And then everybody has to look around and wonder if they're going to get chosen. And they'd yell the snowball and they'd turn on the disco ball in the middle of Skate King. And it was just so now I still I see a disco ball. I still get a little um anxiety. Yeah, my my breathing PTSD. sort of goes more shallow, and I start skate sweating. King Maggie, what was the name of the skate place you were going to? Skate World. God, so if we had Skate Ranch up here in Orange oh. County, yeah, so Skate King, Skate World, Skate Ranch, it just had to have skate in the title, that's right? It, Which it, I, I got nostalgic a while ago, and I went a little deep dive on the um, on the interwebs, and I looked up Skate King. It's now unfortunately closed, but I did find someone made like a tribute video to Skate King of. Which was, uh, I mean, it might have been a sad flock of seagulls in the background, but um, <laughs> I don't think it did. But <laughs> somebody cute. out there needs to redo it. That's cute. Did anyone have to learn to skate for the show? I don't think so. I think we all had had skates on at some point. Oh, well, we already kind of know this, but what was the inspiration behind the episode? Oh, uh, yeah. No, it was just basically Sean pitched uh, pitched roller derby as a world. So it was a world. It was basically a world episode. You know how it goes. Totally. We have world episodes. Like we're yeah. going to do Cirque du Soleil. We're going to do, uh, um, you know, radio or, you know, what was the one with uh, you guys did last week? Um, oh, um, last week was There There Might Be Blood. Yeah. Oil, okay, oil no, rig. That, yeah. Or yeah. There that, was blood. My, that was my wonderful office mate, Kel Cahoon, wrote that. Love Kel Cahoon. Kel and There were Kel. only... There, there were only two psych writers who shared an office, you guys. Um, everybody had this. their own office. So Berman, Callahan, Saladin, Steve, everybody had their own office. Uh, Carlos Jacot had his own office as well. But they doubled two writers up uh, for the entire run of, of of the show, and it was me and Cahoon. <gasps> yeah. D- did you all know each other before? Uh, no. No, Aww. not at all. Kel was a blessing. I'm telling you, I, I, I have such fondness for him. Um, he was an experienced writer. He had written on a number of shows and I was like brand new. And so, you know, I, I wonder a lot, like sometimes if ever his thought process was like, do I really got to be in, in the office with the goddamn new guy? Oh, I'm sure he loved it. He was a wonderful, wonderful man. And and it not was, is, he's a great guy. Um, and, and what's more is that we moved offices, I think in season four. And when it came, when, when it came time to decide he agreed to still share an office with me. Oh, the rest of the show. I know, he liked right? It. A wonderful he guy. He liked it. He could have asked for him. his own office. I miss him so much. I really do. I love that story. We had That's great so night out with Kel. Yeah, a lovely guy. We had, so so actually because we the two of us had an office, our office became the gathering place most of the time. Saladin could usually be found in our office. Of course. <laughs> you had the party the cool room. Kids. Um okay. Meltrigar, is there a reason for Space Age Love Song being used in that final scene? Other than that, it's um, awesome. Other than it's Space awesome. Age, Space Age Love Song turned out to be like a really wonderful choice. But my first choice for that scene was uh, what photograph? If I had a photograph of you, something to remind oh, me. Oh yes, yes. Like so any flock uh, of that's, seagulls? That's not a. Is that a flock of seagulls song too? I think it is. Wouldn't spend, it is. I, I can, it absolutely can, is. Can I sing on this? On this? Because on the on the on the DVD commentaries, we weren't allowed to sing songs, but it's just like if I had a photograph of you, you. right, or something to remind me, yeah. I wouldn't spend my life just dreaming. Right, right. So sweet. And that was actually my first choice for it. But I think actually, you guys, I think I might have thought that song was called "Space Age Love Song." <laughs> Sorry, I, so you I was pitched like a, it. I was, I was like a Skinner guy and a Rush guy. Oh, <laughs> that's I like it. I, I also think Roday probably weighed in because he loved weighing in on the music for these like really poignant moments. And I, I, oh, I'm sure. sure he would have he would have had thoughts on that too. I will admit I, I that at the end, of, after I finished watching this episode yesterday, I went and downloaded a bunch of um, Flock of Seagulls. Yeah, holds up, doesn't it? It absolutely does. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah, I agree. 80s I new agree. radio. Last fan question, which is very sweet that they even know this, but was the 17 on Juliet's armband done purposely since it's Maggie's lucky number? Yes, it was. Yes, how it did was. I not, how did I not know your lucky number? This, this, um, 
How did See, not I, you, I, you roller skated? Okay, touche, my friend. This is crazy. All right, Mel Trigger, your turn. Do you have all more questions? Questions. I hit them all. I hit them all. Yay! Uh, my, my, mine, were, mine were, what do you remember about Steve Miner? Uh, I had a small little bit of trivia that the, the security guard who gets beat up um, at the very at the top of the episode mm-hmm. actually Steve. appears in another one of my episodes as well. I thought so. Um, I'm like, I recognize him. Yeah, we had yeah, multiple. What was the one, what was the one we did uh, where 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 uh, where uh, Gus joined the cult? So so he was in that episode as well. He played like a local tough who like beats up somebody. Yeah, that was it. My fan questions are answered. Yay. Mel Trigger, <laughs> this has been one of our. Uh, this has been such a fun episode. The psychos are going to lose their minds with your, uh, with all of your insight and all of our stories, and we can't wait to have you back. And thank you for doing this on your Sunday, Tim. I think it's really safe to say you helped us podcast the shit out of this, Tim. You wait, did? Did I? Oh, wait, what? You podcasted the shit out of us, and you helped us podcast the shit. Hold on, you podcasted the shit out of it. And you helped us podcast the shit out of it. So okay, you have like a here, double, yeah. Here's here's what I want you to do. I want you to text Berman right after this and tell him you said that. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'll well, tell him. He's going to hear it. I'm, I'm, I know he listens. I'm sure he listens to every episode, so he'll hear it. He'll hear, yeah. <laughs> he better listen. Oh, I miss that guy too. <gasps> miss, I miss Berman. I miss Andy too. He's the best. Um, and so are you. This was so much fun. Oh my God, Meltzer. We cannot wait to have you back. We will yes, have you well, back. Thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. What an incredible episode. I really love this one because I feel like I just got to tap into a whole different side of myself. It was very, very, very fun. Thank you so much to Meltrigger for being on. And as always, thank you again to everyone for listening uh, to The Psychologists Are In. Don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at The Psychologists Are In and our Twitter at Psychologist Pod. See you all next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.